Hotel listeners, welcome back. On this episode, we'll be discussing why you need to romanticize your life, why Tori Lanez is actually a demon, and the choices that we made and how they changed our lives. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Chai Podcast. I'm Arafa. I'm Nora. And I'm Teddy. How are you guys doing? Another week? Another month? Fucking Libra season is here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I forgot. It's my birthday. (laughs) You forgot. And for me, it's all I can think about. It's actually your birthday week this week, Nora, right? Is it yours as well, Teddy? No, no, mine is, I guess, following? No. Yep. Following, following? Send up next week. It should be. You're right. It should be. Have you guys got any plans for your birthdays? My plan is to look pretty. And I know something is going to happen. So I got my hair done today. Just mm-hmm. in case. I mean, I'm sure something's going to happen. I don't know. <laughs> I've told Ooh. all my friends that I'm not doing anything because I'm far too broke. <laughs> and um, so... You're, hap- you're hoping the friends do the thing. No, I'm not really hoping. I know something might ha- is going to happen one way or another. Even if it's not my friends. <laughs> even if it's all the other people on the lists and whatnot. You know? Mm-hmm. I just... And even if nothing happens, I uh, it's so random. Like mm-hmm. people have been wanting to take pictures of me all week, so I got like two photo shoots planned. Oh <laughs> so- shit! Nora's a model. <laughs> She's a model. Oh, oh my god! Inspiring, inspiring. <laughs> Wilhelmina. <laughs> no, but so I'm just I'm getting my hair done. I'm getting my nails done. I'm going to take mm-hmm. so, a lot of great showers, warm showers, and just, like, fix myself up and feel like a natural woman. What is that? How does that song go again? Um, something I, woman? I, can't I don't know. I can't remember. Me neither. Damn it. I'm so embarrassed. I'm just, like, it's, I'm under pressure. I could have sung it. If <laughs> oh, it I now got it. I now a got natural it. moment? I think I have. I have this song. Go, Teddy. The mic is that's yours. Natural woman. Is it that's that one? So that's the one. Is it natural? Okay. Woman? You make me, me feel. feel. Yes. You make that's me the feel. one. You yeah. make me feel like yeah. a natural, natural woman. <laughs> that's what I'm going to feel like this weekend. Okay. So. Oh, my God. How about yourself, Teddy? What is your I- plans? Uh, uh, I don't know. I I don't plan birthdays. I don't mm. plan much. I've I've been known to forget my birthday, so mm. um, <laughs> mm. this is this is the same. Like I think me and Daniel are having dinner with friends, and then he said something about it's gonna be my birthday very soon, and I'm like, what do you mean? When? What time? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like have you forgotten uh the presence of october and it's coming soon upon us Ooh. i'm like really oh wow let me check my calendars oh there it is but yeah he was the same way last year i really want to tell you guys the story of teddy's boyfriend and what he did for her last year 
Oh, yeah. please do. I haven't, I don't think I've heard this one. Oh, y'all. Okay. So I'm sorry, Teddy. I don't know if this is TMI, <laughs> but I'm, I just have to make people jealous. All right. So last year, um, <clears throat> Daniel, who's her boyfriend, um, we, so we know each other, but we didn't have each other's numbers or anything, right? So he finds me on Twitter. And he goes like, sends a beautiful message. He's like, it's Teddy's birthday and I really want to do something for her. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, cool beans, what did you have in mind? He's like, well, I know she's not big on birthdays and whatnot. So I wanted to make it special. And he was like low key. So I think at the time he was traveling. Yeah, he wasn't here. Exactly. Yeah, he wasn't here. So he made sure that I had planned things for her here. And Nora mm-hmm. did it so lovely. She, uh, she, I had so you no know idea. Did? what did he do what did he do what he did is he picked uh three songs that like meant something to the two of them or like mm-hmm. that he sing to her or some like songs that they, he knows both of them love right that he mm-hmm. knows that she loves as well and he wanted like actual performers to come perform for her on her birthday morning and you know she used nice. to live those sides those sides getting in bali so yeah, I arranged everything. We got the we got a singer and a guitar player, brother. Yeah, Nora actually. just runs into my room and she's like, "Okay, you have to, you have to come here. You have to come here." I'm like, "What? What's happening? <laughs> I didn't even know you were coming to my house. My hair is looking trash. What are you doing here?" <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. And so they performed for her that morning, and um, he got her flowers. He got a very specific. Got, I think, 26 uh, roses for her. And then mm-hmm. like, even, like, the bouquet, he was the one who, like, picked it and everything. And then, like, there was, like, some money left over, so we got her, like, cupcakes. And then and then, and then then later on in the day, we went to go watch, um, what was that movie? The only movie that Teddy liked in the cinema. Joker. <laughs> and that oh, yeah, was that Teddy's was a birthday. really good movie. <laughs> oh, that was a good birthday, actually. That's so sweet. <laughs> this was last year, and you're here. I love how Teddy's like, oh, shit, that was really nice, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, I forgot everything. <laughs> I forgot my birthday. I forgot. But no, I remember that. I remember, like, Nura coming and um, him, like, being on the phone with the phone being on and watching these guys sing oh, to yeah. him. And I was, like, that so flabbergasted. <laughs> but it, it, Oh, it's so lovely. No, How but like, mm-hmm. it is so important for like your partners to do nice things for you. And I know this is not like a revolutionary idea, but on Twitter this week, mm. um, you know, I, I I'm basically a news anchor for Twitter at this point. Anyway, yeah, you are. Twitter. You're like reporting <laughs> updates every I'm week. Also, it's your segment. You should have like on Twitter this week. That really should be your segment. I really I fucking swear. should. Like, I imagine, really like, a weekly thing where, like, Nura gives you, like, the rundown of what <gasps> happened on Twitter. No, she should oh, go really on the Chai stories that. and be, like, on Twitter this week. Oh, my God. I absolutely will. A weekly I live session. <laughs> I'll put, like, a little, like, a little newsroom behind me. Be <laughs> yes. Um, but, no, on Twitter this week, um, they were talking, like, somebody tweeted, like, oh, is it a red flag? What, oh my god! First of all, disclaimer before I even say anything. Really, heterosexual relationships have a terrible rap online. Oh, it is! It is the ghetto. But, 
Um, somebody was like, somebody was like um, is it a red flag if your boyfriend doesn't compliment you? And then people what are like, like, so apparently there is this, like, men all over the world think, like, if you gas up your girl too much, it's whatever. Like, you shouldn't be doing that or something. Or, what? like, what? Yeah, like they get you or, like, you, get, you guys get into a relationship and all of a sudden, like, he feels like he doesn't want you to have a big head, quote unquote. Um, if, like, and so he's not going to be like, oh, you're so amazing. You look so beautiful. You're so like, wow, 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 you know? What? Not the way it was in the talking stage. So, like, yeah, it was, like, an entire conversation online. Like, and people were like, oh, you guys are overdoing it. Da, 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 da. Your boyfriend doesn't need to compliment you all the time for you to be, like, whatever. You should be complimenting Death to words of affirmation, love languages. You know? So, <laughs> yeah. Like, you, I mean, I've seen relationships out here. And we be suffering, man. <laughs> little things Dan, the, the stuff Daniel does or that he did for her birthday at least that 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 was yeah that's a beautiful up. that's a beautiful story <laughs> you know yeah yeah it is. Oh my God, this guy is super sweet Mimi I've just been out here being like they like each other a lot Kunde, he's <laughs> out here grafting like he's really he's he's a sweetheart this he played the piano for her <laughs> while she was just chilling she was just be chilling in the house here playing the piano for her he's really out here being a romantic yeah you know like you know like that movie twilight where bella and oh my god maybe i'm do you have like a teddy song there's a specific song that i like that he plays and he plays it often i guess if like i think we have a fight or something he'll play and it'll make me feel very closer to him i guess but that is yeah so tmi crazy. too much information so but cute no nah, that's you weird that people are like it's so weird that people are like they don't <laughs> they don't want to be so loving like i can't imagine being with someone more loving than the person i'm with like um yeah and very like complimentary all the time like i'm a very i don't know not very emo or whatever i think like <laughs> before him i was very much like you can keep that shit inside for a little bit and uh, <laughs> you know chill like chill pill but now it's like it's second nature for me to just compliment him or you know Aww. hugs and everything yeah. and yeah no somebody had to teach me how to like use endearments and like like three, I was exactly the same. For me, perhaps it was a bit, a little bit longer, but like two years ago, somebody legit had to sit me down. Oh my God. I, th- I think at this point, it's like, eh, man, I am old. Um, like four <laughs> years ago, sorry, like four years ago, <clears throat> the guy that I was seeing at the time literally had to like sit me down and just be like, uh, this, this thing that you're doing where you're being cool every day, you know, like. It's not it nice. <laughs> reel it in. Okay, you need to. Use endearments, you need to be like very touchy feely because that's mm-hmm. the kind of things that make you know, I guess, a relationship like sustains a relationship long term. It's yeah. kind of like a reminder that that person's there, like, absolutely. Per- personally, I'm very much like I need to be in communication with, with this person, whether verbally or through touch or 
through mm. anything like as often as possible yeah it's, it's because mainly because like publicly i'm very self-conscious like i wouldn't hold my partner's hand in public like whether i feel safe or whether i feel safe whether it's a party or not a party whatever for mm-hmm. me it's like it's hard for me to like relax cuz i'm like everyone's watching us regardless which mm-hmm. means when we're alone i i i love i need that like yeah i love you or you're doing great or like yeah. i'm proud of you and that's like something i think me and my partner are building up right now where we have our own little language of affirmations that we need to say even if it's fucking corny yeah you know? no but like mm. we need to accept corny into our lives honestly it's necessary there's, absolutely there's this tiktok um audio thing that goes like it's people have you know made fun of it now but the original mm-hmm. one went something like we you need to romanticize your own life Mm-hmm. because who is going to romanticize your life if it's not going to be you you know mm-hmm. so if it's you know being super romantic with your partner or you know being like taking your friends on dates or having dates at your house or mm-hmm. you know hugging people or touching people like all of those things are really important and the audio is something along those lines that you need to romanticize your life and you need to act in your life as you want it to be and that's the only way it's going to be what you want it to be yeah mm-hmm. Ah. Oh, anyway, uh a little gossip. What oh. the fuck is going on with this Megan the Stallion situation? What in oh, the actual hell? Wait, 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 wait. I actually wanted to round out. <laughs> Sorry, that I, just, <laughs> I just saw a post. Just, just a before post. we get into the fucking mess. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted to like just like because okay, main thing reason i wanted to talk about libra season was oh. because i wanted to hate on it mm. um, <laughs> you're surrounded by like, libras baby <laughs> bring it <laughs> just like she can't. her their partner their partner is is also a libra my partner, no my partner is libra you both are libras um <laughs> one of my closest friends who i moved in with in the beginning of the year was a libra my old best friend was a libra some of my housemates like i am literally i am that unfortunate person that's just like constantly surrounded by libras you um, mean fortunate for to unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> surrounded by libras we have brought so, balance to your life Missy German, me. I feel like the thing is like I'm an Earth sign. I'm a Taurus, and while I've been like kind of doing my research in preparation to hate on Libras this episode, mm-hmm. you um, found out in your chart. I found out. No, 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 no. I don't have Libra in my chart. I do, but I ignore it. Um, Where is it? Where is it in your chart? I don't remember. It's one of those houses that don't make uh, sense. Okay. Um, okay. But it's not really like fuck it. I don't care. But the thing is, because I'm an Earth sign and y'all are like an Air sign, right? Mm. It's like they clash because yeah. Libras are very like airy and like hard to make decisions and whatever the fuck you people are. And I'm very much about we need to sit down and decide what this what needs to be done. Yeah. And so okay. like. Well, during my research, I realized like why there's been such a clash. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, all that aside, I wanted to read like a little bit um, from this article from the Cut 
<clears throat> called mm-hmm. Your Guide to Libra Season. And it's just like the opening pa- two paragraphs. And I think it's beautiful because it made me kind of rethink why Libra season has always been difficult for me, like the September season. Yeah. September going into October season but also like I'm hearing a lot of people are finding this difficult like it's almost like everyone is waking up from a hangover that was Virgo (laughs) season and like going into this kind of like fixing their hair and their nails and trying to find their shoes and shit (laughs) (laughs) um but just real quick before we move on to the to the mess um So by the end of Virgo season, all the groundedness and intensity can begin to feel like too much. A person can only handle so much order, so much work, so much uncompromising focus. You might find yourself feeling worn out and emotionally drained. This is when Libra season arrives, lovely and social and kind, to offer some fresh air and some relief from the form of balance, in the form of balance and beauty. So... Yeah, so Libra is an air sign, communicative and charismatic. It's also suffused with the air elements, focus on ideas in the mind. Instead of getting carried away by feeling or relying on intuition, justice-minded Libra is more likely to look at the world rationally, as fair, and and with as little favoritism as possible. Mm -hmm. If you're usually a person with powerful and unshakable opinions... In Libra season, you might find yourself moved to reconsider what you had previously taken in on faith. Taken on faith. If you're a person whose judgment is often clouded by emotion, you might find yourself able to see situations with more clarity. And if you're usually a person who is able to leap quickly and boldly to decisions, which is the topic we're going to talk about in the next segment. (laughs) In Libra season, you might need a little more time before making a choice. Mm. Libra energy asks us to be fair in our thinking. It asks us to look at issues from all sides and to consider all evidence before reaching conclusions. So, yeah. Yeah. You guys as Libras, thank you for, like, bringing balance or unbalance or basically making us reconsider our choices in a good way before I, everybody i think yeah go on can here. i tell you something crazy mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. virgo going into libra season is like my favorite time of year and for many years i didn't realize why i just thought okay i really enjoy my birthday but i enjoy the weeks prior to it mm-hmm. and then i found out that my moon sign is a virgo my sun sign is a libra and my rising sign and the reason i get along with Arafa is um, a Taurus signs of Taurus yeah oh shit you're like a double earth that I, makes sense yeah so I'm grounded at the same time you know I'm out there in the fucking air <laughs> 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 oh no that's lovely I, yeah. I the season is wonderful and then and then we're gonna go right into Christmas time mm-hmm. it's gonna slide right into there it's perfect. I perfect. love how December is three months away and you're like, slide into Christmas. Today. We're there. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Christmas. 62 days, 61 days until we can start singing Mariah Carey's song. I don't want oh to watch Christmas. <laughs> I just realized I haven't watched The Grinch with like uh, Tyler, the creator's um, soundtrack. And oh. this is something that I'm going to watch then. There you Wait. go. There's the Grinch with Tyler the Creator soundtrack. Wait, oh, the animation yeah. released... oh sh- <laughs> the animation like a new wait the, what? Yeah, no, the Grinch, the Grinch, Grinch. 
Oh yeah. shit! Okay, when was it right. released? Twenty nineteen. Yeah, I guess that's a plan. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, animation. Y'all shouldn't. I I didn't think that anybody could release a better soundtrack than like Pharrell in kids movies. But Tyler, the creator, like did a complete three sixty. Like he mixed hip hop and he makes like all these different theatrical aspects of him. But you could really mm. tell like this is Tyler. Like you could tell mm. by the beats he was making that this is him. I find fantastic. him very disturbing, but also very talented. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's out okay. There. Um. <clears throat> so for the let's let's round up this this segment before we start talking about other yes. things. Um, but Noor, you were going to say something about the Megan Thee Stallion, and yeah. now we're not even ca- calling him Tori Lanez anymore. It's motherfucking Daystar. Peterson. Let's strip him of all his glory or whatever the fuck that, that shit dickhead. was. That little dickhead. That's Fucking one. Daystar Peterson. Did you hear what this little nigga did? Oh my days. So much terrible shit. And so they, like, we were just talking the other week about how, like, the pain and the issues that, like, all the everything that, like, black women in the in- entertainment industry have to go through is people always double down on it because these women hardly ever get any justice at the end of the day. And now we're seeing it play out in real time because after everything that we talked about the last couple of weeks about, you know, her getting shot and then him saying all of these things and um, his, his PR team, you know, trying to cover it up. Now he releases this album, is it, or something? Mm-hmm. Um, to, like, I don't know, I guess either take... I, I don't haven't listened to it and I, I, don't, and I won't listen to it. But There's what's no happening need. behind the scenes is um, his PR team now have fabricated messages between him and Megan. Um, and what? They were se- yeah. They when did this happen? When was this released? Literally this morning. Um, and um, so they, they did that and they were sending like, they, make, they made it out to seem as if him and Megan had reconciliated or something along those lines. And that's what they were sending to like... Um, all of these uh, publication houses and what's not, right? For the promotion of his album. Now, mm-hmm. um, because people are here dying to hear his side of the story, his album is number one on the Apple. Is it? It's Apple, right? Are on you Apple fucking Apple kidding? Number one. Like, as we speak. No promotion, me... no nothing. Number one. Teddy, have you heard of this recent news or have you been like kind of not for- following this? No, I'm just I'm I haven't been following it, of course. I don't I don't I'm not on Twitter. But like um I'm just looking at it now and it seems that he also dropped this album right after the Kentucky jury brought no charges against the Louisiana exactly. police that found um the death of mm-hmm. Brenna Taylor. Um, yes. yeah. I guess yeah. no murder charges. No they, no charges. They brought up- no, they the only charges that were really <laughs> against them was like mm-hmm. destruction of property. The walls, yeah, they mm-hmm. destroyed the walls with the bullets that were shot. Not the mm-hmm. fact that they murdered this woman in her own apartment, but rather they destroyed the property. Mm-hmm. Like they're li- blatantly ignoring us. They're blatantly ignoring cries. And the thing is, we can all be told you don't understand how justice works, or you don't understand how this works. But mm-hmm. like, how do you come back at me with? you know, the law has a process when I'm literally giving you evidence of time after time that black women are being murdered and shot at and it looks like a fucking joke. 
people just joke about it and move forward and forget but actually people are still getting brutalized huh? mm. yeah it's yeah. it's really dehumanizing yeah. to just like open instagram and then see that kind of news and um not understand what's happening and i think i haven't read too much into it because I've, i kind of usually keep a distance from um stuff when it's like caught and then give it a moment to mm-hmm. like read myself and digest it. Yeah. But yeah. I think mm-hmm. from what I've seen with how Americans have reacted to this her death and what happened during this entire process and what not is just yeah, it, it's it's galvanizing and it's like, you know, it's it's what revolutions are made of, but it comes mm. with like um we have to know how to facilitate that with like a legal system that is going to respond to it burn it all to the ground mm-hmm. my friend burn it all yeah, all like, of it to ashes to ashes dust to dust okay that entire yeah. place needs to go yeah it's interesting like um i yeah. was listening so on no, it's interesting i was watching this um documentary called um notorious rgb or Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was really amazing this this woman um her name is Ruth um, Bader Ginsburg. Ruth Bader, um, yes, Bader. yes. And yes. she dedicated her entire de- like law his like um her law career. history or whatever yeah. career um to building a foundation that strove for equal rights for um the Man sexes for yeah. yeah. So Yeah, it's just like she built that off someone else called Thurgood Thurgood Marshall who was doing mm. the same to like mm-hmm. protect um black people mm-hmm. in in the law system and mm-hmm. he was basing that off the constitution that yeah everyone in the eyes of the law has um the uh, freedom of expression also like able to have representation I guess so yeah um just watching that and watching her response to like the i don't know the tragedies of like how humans deal with inequality with racial injustice with all that stuff is like it's really um, difficult really amazing it's difficult cuz she had to sit there and be around people who had completely conflicting ideas and had to behave like a judge mm-hmm. and just say this is exactly why i'm saying no to this this is why i'm going to dissent this is why this is going to happen yeah and this is my decision and that's it and yeah that's i guess i think what we forget with the revolutions is that it's kind of like i don't know a process like it doesn't happen overnight and Absolutely. it's going to keep happening and we're going to keep seeing it but the most important thing is to just stay hopeful i think yeah. it's such a human thing but yeah, yeah. No, I think we can but it's like go no, no, sorry, like really go quickly, on, you can definitely see it in the last like when Black Lives Matter started um a few mm-hmm. years ago to where it is today. You can see mm-hmm. the trajectory. You know what I mean? There was a dip, there was a time when things went quiet, there was you know uh smaller riots that you know sprang up and then there's this what's happening right now which is what 3 4 months of sustained rioting. And that's just how revolutions yeah. work you know you build up steam you come back you try it again you build up steam you come back try it again it's just it's difficult yeah. to watch i think it's it's just it's difficult to watch because um like this morning i listened i was listening to this podcast called the read 
um, that I love, and I think I've talked about Every it before. But right at the end, they... <laughs> that's how much you love them. I love it's the. It's not. I promise, it's not the only podcast I listen to, but it's the one that I've like listened to consistently for the past five yeah. years. I think. Um, lit- yeah, fuck. Literally five years. I've been listening to these two <laughs> fools, like I know, laugh, they laugh a lot. and joke, and that's the thing. They're two fools that laugh and joke. They talk about shit. They talk about like social media. They talk about celebrities, and it's so totally chill. Except when it yeah. gets dark, and like in this episode, it did get dark because. Like Crystal, one of the hosts was just talking about how she like she was talking about the tax of uh, evasion thing with Donald Trump that yeah. recently came out, the New York report, where he's literally paid seven hundred and fifty dollars in fucking tax tax over the past five seven years. What a, a amount of time! Too many years <laughs> for a fucking millionaire to billionaire. have paid so little. <clears throat> Billion billionaire to have paid so fucking little, and like. But basically, she was talking about this and like they were joking and they were laughing about it. And in the end, it just got really sad because she was just like, there's no, I don't have any hope anymore in this fucking changing. Like people have said it and more and more people are becoming abolitionists. And it's not even just abolition of the police. And it's not just abolition of like specific government and men talking about like here ministries and like specific spaces like and groups of and committees and all that it's just about devolving the whole fucking system and starting again and then there was silence on the podcast and i was just like (laughs) you've worn you've worn down the funniest people i know america (laughs) you've worn them down and now i i don't even know how to hope anymore um yeah (laughs) um it gets dark. It does. And I think um, with with that sad thing, unless you guys <laughs> no. have anything to add to that. I think we've, uh, <laughs> we have started out funny and we went into the serious stuff, much like our predecessors, The Read. So. Mm. But yeah, uh, so let's round off this segment and join us in the next one for a lovely conversation about choices and decisions. Yeah. Bye-bye. Alright, welcome back guys. Um, so today uh, for the main segment we'll be discussing choices or like decision making basically because I recently came, well on the 16th of September, it was like two weeks ago, I saw this really cool tweet by this guy called Silas Miami on Twitter, also like at Science, uh, Silas Miami, mm-hmm. which said do you remember the first truly independent decision you ever made complete agency no influence just you and a choice that had big consequences Mm. how old were you Mm. so this question like really made me think of like all the decisions i've made in my life but also mainly how much anxiety it like i i get when i have to make a very serious decision um mainly because like you question yourself you question why you want to make decisions and then it just gets so overwhelming that sometimes you might just end up shutting down and especially when they're big life decisions 
Um, and I also read somewhere that according to Robert Wesleyan College, mm-hmm. humans make about 35,000 decisions a day. Boy. So, yeah. <laughs> so decision making is our day to day life. Yeah. And I thought it would be really interesting if the three of us could talk about decisions and how we make them and why we make them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first question I have for anyone who wants to answer um, is what is the silliest slash, slash dumbest decision you've ever made in your life? All right. So Nura, do you want to take it off? I do not mind at all. Right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have a I don't know if it's just my personality or because I, I am a Libra, but I have a really hard time making big decisions or any decisions. Mm-hmm. Everything used to be a big decision for me. So over the last, I would say, seven years, I've been practicing this thing where it's just like I push myself into picking a choice. No matter what comes with it, I just have to do it. Because mm-hmm. I know if I take my time with it, it's just going to be hellish, right? So, mm-hmm. This wasn't like it, this wasn't a silly decision, but it was a very stupid decision in hindsight. Um, when How old are I you? I was I just finished uni, so I think I was twenty. I just turned twenty three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, was that just? It was right before my twenty third <laughs> so birthday. Decision. My, yeah, it was just right before my twenty second, my twenty third birthday. So I. I don't know how words came about but um somebody i knew was like hey Nora, if you need a job um, I, I know somebody who's looking for a personal assistant i was like great stuff mm-hmm. i'm finishing uni i'm not doing that well uh, income is fantastic hook me mm-hmm. so um so he gives me this guy's number he's like a director or whatever he lives in kenya he's a nigerian uh, he wants to start this thing here in tanzania in zanzibar particularly um so i was like great stuff bro he tells me how much he's gonna he'll be able to pay me i'm like fantastic <laughs> fantastic <laughs> and that should have been the first red red flag um that mm-hmm. the money was so good for especially considering our times like tanzanian standards when it comes to like yeah you know getting first in yeah yeah um entry-level positions and whatnot I was like, cool. And he was like, okay, but we're going to have to travel to Zanzibar and whatever, whatever. I'm like, travel, I mean, get paid to travel to Zanzibar. When will I say no? Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, I'm, I think I'm working for him like remotely for about a month or two. And then, and then he goes like, okay, um, I'm going to fly out from Nairobi directly to Zanzibar. Um, you can obviously take the boat from from Dar es Salaam to to Zanzibar my parents are extremely conservative and this was not like they were not into this shit you know at all Mm -hmm. it took all I had to convince them to let me do this right Mm -hmm. um and so I finally convinced them and like I'm like okay cool I always I'm not gonna tell my boss my parents are not gonna allow me to go like (laughs) so (laughs) I'm I'm dealing with my shit on the down low (laughs) so I think um it goes like Oh, pay. <laughs> it goes like I'm booking my ticket and whatnot, and and I'm booking like the Airbnb. No, I'm booking my ticket and whatnot. Yeah, my travel is gonna be. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be paying for these things, and he goes like, "Yeah, Nora, just pay yourself. Like pay them yourself. When I meet you in Zanzibar, I'll I'll give it back to you." I'm like, 
It's a bit shady, but no problem. I'm going to do it. I'm still getting to Zanzibar, bro. So I get to Zanzibar. And um, the Airbnb is already booked. I get there. La, da, 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 da. Long story mm-hmm. short, guys. By the end of the one week we were in Zanzibar, I hated this man from the bottom of my soul. I have never hated another human what, being like this. What kind of work was it again? Um, so he was starting like... Um, okay, I don't want to give up too much information because you can easily find out who it is. But um, it was like a, like a tourist tour of Zanzibar Islands, right? Um, okay, like a tour agency. Yeah, something type along those lines, right? But it's like a one year, like it's like a, it's like what was that thing that um, the Fire Fest? Yeah, basically it was like Fire Fest, smaller version though, much smaller version. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fest. So, um, so we're there, we're planning all these things, and you know, I'm 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 trying to be as dutiful as possible and just be like, yeah, I'm here, earn my money for my first job. It's so great, I get to travel, yada yada yada. My first tech, like my first job out of university, not my first job. Anyway, guys, when I tell you that do not just work for random people. Don't do it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I had to learn that the hard way. He started doing so much shady shit throughout the entire week. He was making comments about my weight. He was making comments about how I looked. And not like, not in like a sexual way. Were you guys way. staying at the same place? Um, no, so the Airbnb was like a, like a compound type of thing. It was like mm-hmm. it, was, it was like an apartment broken down into different parts. So I had one part and he had the other part. So like we didn't even have to see each other mm-hmm. if we didn't want to. Um, so, oh my! So like it wasn't he wasn't even making sexual comments about my weight. Like he was an extremely. I don't know if you guys know this, but I've I've, I've hung out with quite a few Nigerians and they have this habit of like it, it's a cultural thing I think where they just say mm-hmm. what they need to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. very little filter going on. It's like. And, and you see this in, in their speech as well and what's not, right? So um, mm-hmm. for him, though, I noticed like it was almost malicious because he would mention, like, he would just say stuff about my weight or how I look or, you know, compare me to other people and say, you know, if you don't get, like, I get a handle on your weight right now, it might spiral mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I'm just like, bro, like, me as me, I don't have an issue <laughs> with my body, right? <laughs> You're imposing this on me. He was fucking terrible. He was terrible. And to add and to add insult to in- injury, okay? He, thank God he paid mm-hmm. me for like my little expenses, right? So, we're, um, but he was supposed to pay me like the month had finished while we were in Zanzibar. So he was supposed to pay me. Mm-hmm. Like end, end of month is supposed to pay me. I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh. He goes like, now nah, there's something wrong with my bank. Blah blah. I'll pay you when I'm in Nairobi. I'll just transfer. Oh, the funds. that's some shady shit, man. Girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He gets to, <laughs> he gets to he gets to Nairobi and then he, he has to travel. He has to travel up and down, he has to travel up and down. I'm like, fine, it's no worries. One week passes, two weeks passes. We're still working on other stuff. I don't mind too much. He's, t- he's updating me mm-hmm. about whatnot. Tell me why this man decides to send me because at that point my um, my probation period had ended. It was three months. So mm-hmm. he goes like, Yeah, your probation period has ended. Um, and I was meant to send you so he sends me uh, my review. And it's a document, and it's dated like two weeks before to the date mm-hmm. that it was sent. And he goes like, "No, it's because, um, yeah." So I had reviewed, and I and I and um, I I noticed the salary is too high for the work that we're doing. So what the fuck? Yeah, I'll be paying you, and I'm like, "Fine, that's no worries. That's fine." But you're paying me this month as is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he made this fuss about it. Da 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 da. 
he would he wasn't gonna let me. He was gonna he was gonna pay me like that. I was like, bet, bet, bet. Um, I had I had like the company phone at the time, quote unquote company. Um, mm-hmm. and it was crazy because I had left my makeup bag and that phone in Zanzibar, right? And I was gonna get them back. Mm-hmm. I was willing to go back and get it, like do a day trip and go back and get it and whatnot, right? My friends mm-hmm. and I started talking about, I'm going to cut your money. I'm going to... I was like, bet. No worries. Okay? And we're doing handover. As I'm doing the handover stuff, he sends me my salary for that month. Whatever he wants to send me. And then mm-hmm. so the last thing I had to hand over was the phone. And I was like... And then he goes like, yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah, please send back the phone. Give it to that person. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Take that money you cut from my, from my salary. Go buy yourself another phone. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Never spoke to him again. Oh shit! You took the phone. <laughs> I didn't take the phone. I didn't even go back to that motherfucking phone. I told him to go use the money he had cut from myself to go buy himself another phone. Ah, that was wow. So that really that was my first like independent choice that had some really bad repercussions for me because I oh I hate like I was in such I was in such turmoil <laughs> by the time things ended. I was so mad, you know. I was like, I mean, I dealt with these comments about my weights and. Mm. And what I ate, and what I said, yeah. and what I was excited about. Oh, guys, mm-hmm. can I tell you while we were in Zanzibar? Okay, you know that photographer, babe Yagazi. Um, mm-hmm. I saw her. Oh there, shit! And I was so excited. I wanted to go say hello, and I want to take a picture for a friend of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a friend of the podcast, I guess, Vanessa, Vanessa Punkin Black. I want to take a picture for her. Bro, this man was telling me, yeah, you need to calm down. Like you're being too excited about these things. And I'm like. You have no joy in your motherfucking heart. That's yeah. Jesus Christ. I would freak out. It's, I'd it's be an, see her. I'd be too it's happy to like see her. That. Yeah. It's in moments like that where you like you see your real self and you're like, this reality is just not fitting exactly. right now. I'm gonna jump into something different. Well, that is exactly like, any decisions I've ever made that have been bad have not been. I mean, yeah, there's a couple like in that I would have necessarily never gone to interview for, but mm-hmm. um, the first bad decisions I've ever made along hairlines, like, you know, <laughs> experimenting <laughs> with the hair when you're young, your parents <laughs> let you be, and you see that Kelly Rowland on Dark and Lovely <laughs> color is like burgundy red, and you're like, I'm gonna relax my hair and I'm gonna color it on the day. Oh, oh my god, baby. So, oh baby. I just want you guys to feel what happened. Well, it was horrible. It was like I burnt my entire scalp, but you know, on Monday when school was up, <laughs> I should <laughs> You had to patting <laughs> my little scabs and whatnot. Like, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've all done this. Like I think we've all had as women, like when you finally get old to do whatever you want with your body, no one is helping you dress, your parents are not choosing like what hairstyle you do mm-hmm. like okay, experiment. <laughs> Let's go Let's for this. It's go. my body, I can do it. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, for me, a lot of my bad choices that I mean, there's too many, 
way too many uh but like something that kept recurring in my mind is just like the uh, like at least one no at least two relationships where i'm like you could have just turned away and not engaged in that situation yeah. but like over and over again i kept making decisions that like didn't just hurt me but also embarrassed me yeah. you know mm-hmm. i once <laughs> slept with someone who had uh, their own partner uh. um i was we were both extremely intoxicated does not at all excuse our behavior but i decided to sleep with them regardless yeah. and then little did i know that girlfriend on the other side was finding out about the situation because we didn't just sleep together we also kept texting oh. <laughs> after that and girlfriend on the other side heard about the situation and then girlfriend decided to kick him out oh. and where else is he going to go oh. but to the person he he is currently occupying a bed with and he ended up coming over and staying with me and my flatmates and then ended up staying for 3 oh. months. Me. Yeah. 3 months. <laughs> the entire time. Yeah. The entire time I had the choice to just be like, "Hey, I'm paying for this, my flatmates are paying for this, and we really don't want you to be here." But every single day I will wake up and make the choice to let him stay. Damn. Because you felt guilty. Yeah. I think I felt guilty. Guilt I felt guilty. I think tripping you all the I way. Shamed, <laughs> I shame myself into doing that. Yeah. I'm like I realized that only after it happens. And the thing is he just left. He didn't like leave and we were on go- good terms. I think I went on holiday and left him at the house and then he packed up and left. Oh. And which was a godsend in the end because we didn't have to do anything messy, yeah. but it was just like Thank you universe for saving me from this decision being a long term. Yeah. Um may the trash take itself and out. And it truly did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think as we as we get really older, did. I think one thing that I'm learning about decisions or making any choices is that I don't have to make any decision that makes me uncomfortable. Um mm-hmm. that makes me uncomfortable in in the sense where that's something I can control, you know? Mm-hmm. and it's okay to like voice these things you know like every now yeah. and then i'll end up in a situation and i'm just like swear down had it been me 2 3 4 5 years ago i would have just you know suffered in silence whereas now you can just be like yeah. nope <laughs> not you can be vocal you can even you can even choose to what i didn't realize is like my decisions were not like my fucking prison like i didn't i don't ever have to make a decision and stick with yeah. it to be honest like yes consistency is key but like if something makes you uncomfortable you could just opt out it's your life exactly um, it's like picking a path down a really uh, a road where yeah. you think oh it's going well and then it's, and then yeah. you're like you know what i should just stay with this decision it's kind of like what do they call oh, that i think yeah. that theory so, is called um the sunk costs fallacy and essentially yeah. it's that i've i've sunk my cost like the 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 cost is there i'm mm-hmm. already in it might as yeah. well yeah it's really yeah. very true and guys i read this beautiful tweet the other day and i was like this, this person i i i if i find it i'm definitely going to share it it goes like so this person was like when i was 
this age, I quit this job. When I was this age, I quit this job. When I was this age, I quit this career. When I was this age, I moved that. And, and they go like, and I can't wait for my next decision where I'm going to quit something else. Um, mm. And I think like what the tweet was gen- essentially saying was that like, you don't, you don't have to stick to anything. You mm-hmm. don't ever mm-hmm. feel like you need to stick to anything if it's no longer serving you. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, basically the cost um, is like um, when individuals like stick with their behavior or something as yeah. a, like a result of investing too much effort yeah. into something. You yeah. invest your time, you invest your money, you invest, like you can be doing a degree, right? And you've invested time, yeah. your parents invested money, you, every, all this effort has been put in, but you know that you hate what you're doing. It's not fulfilling you. Yeah. yeah. And you stop. And I think for some people, that idea of stopping is you can't do that. It's like, yeah, I have to continue. I have to continue because I made this decision. I put that I want to study physics in universities. Here it is. But yeah, you gotta go through. Yeah. Um, So if, if I could take our focus back a little bit to like the initial question that was posed, mm-hmm. just so we can answer it quickly, like um, mm-hmm. if we can all be honest about this as well, I think it would be important for us to share it with the listeners. Yeah. Um, but the question that Silas Miami asked um, was, do you remember the first truly independent decision you ever made? All right. Complete agency, no influence, just you and a choice that had big consequences. How old were you? So um, for me, my I, I read I retweeted this and like answered the question, mm-hmm. but I, I, I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna say today. Um, I was when did I graduate? I was 23. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tw- no, yeah, I was 23, and it was my final year of uni, and this is the first decision where I feel like I went against what my mother wanted and it's very much to do with what teddy was talking about the university um where you invest in something or other people invest in something for you but in yourself you don't feel like it's fulfilling you or you're comfortable in that position and so you have to like kind of take yourself out or reassess the situation so for me in my final year in my fourth year i basically had like a a, dep- a giant depressive episode yeah. mainly caused by like several conversations I've had with my mom where she had rejected my se- sexuality mm. and while it hadn't really hit me that hard while it was happening this depression manifested itself as I was trying to complete my fucking degree yeah. and I basically fell apart like I had no confidence I didn't believe in the person I was I didn't believe in the person I was trying to be and I and that like led to me not believing in the work I was producing which made me feel kind of embarrassed to present it and it was just basically like layers of layers of mental health issues where I was like if I try to do this course if I try to finish this degree I will fail but then like I guess maybe this is the Taurus in me or maybe it's just like the anxiety gripping itself and me telling myself to be rational in the moment But I figured that if I can't drop out and if I can't just leave, mm-hmm. I need to create a pathway for myself where I can still finish my degree, but I can also take care of myself too. Yeah. 
And that's when I decided to postpone my degree to basically send in as many letters as I could go see the counselors and whatever to prove that I cannot sit in these exams and hand in this work. And instead, I'm going to do it in August, thus missing my graduation with everyone I studied with mm-hmm. and basically graduating by myself. Yeah. And this broke my mom. She was pissed. She didn't talk to me for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and... You know, even after doing it, like I remember getting to the day when I was supposed to hand in, everyone in my class handed in, and I slept through that day. And then I woke up the next morning. I was still like so scared, yeah. but there was no way of going back. I've already missed the deadline. The the class has finished, and so I have to move forward with my decision. And I think that was like one of the best decisions I've ever made in my yeah. life because I chose myself. And I had no influence. I was by myself in my room crying as I sent emails. Mm-hmm. I attended counseling by myself with no one recommend, no recommendations, yeah. with no one paying for me, no one nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, how about yourselves? What was the first major decision you ever made on your own? Uh, no, I think like your story sounds a lot like what I'm going. What I, I guess what I went through a couple of months ago because me because of my family background and you know just just the way we function i'm from a really small nuclear family and you know because we're somalis and we didn't necessarily have like you know the whole like living in your country thing um we've had to stick together like very tightly our entire lives so that took away a lot of decision making from me from a very young age it's just fine you know when you're younger um but as i got older i didn't i still didn't you know take the reins and like figure things out for myself I really just settled into that life where other people kept on making decisions for me you know um not bad decisions necessarily but you take that agency away from yourself I think and that's what I did for many years and it was only Mm -hmm. like last year (laughs) literally I think last year was the first time I ever made a decision where it was just me and just me like I had to deal with the repercussions of whatever this choice was going to bring and um and the choice was that I was going to stay behind as my family moved away um to another country for the first time like first time I wasn't following them obviously so they went back to Mm -hmm. Somalia and I decided to stay on for a little while longer and see like what I could do here or you know because I like I love Tanzania I've basically grown up here um my entire adult life has been here and um yeah and it was fucking terrifying Mm -hmm. it was just the worst um and exactly like what Arafa said um there was just months of me staying in my room by myself crying not sending emails and re-watching the office uh over (laughs) and over and over again Mm -hmm. You're so paralyzed by the choices that you make. It's it's hard to sit in it because it's so big. And it's like, it's one of those where you realize you're starting a new phase in your life and you cannot go back. You've burnt that bridge. You've already, you've burnt it, you know. It's charred. It's over. Like, there's no. (laughs) Uh, It really, what really helped me, though, (laughs) what really helped me, though, was the first month I was living uh, on my own. Uh, Verna mm, Boy mm. came to this city, and I was just like, "That." So it was like affirmation. Yes, if that wasn't a sign, I don't know what was. To be honest, <laughs> like Whoa. you're gonna be okay. 
hear our Burnham Boys abs stare at them for an hour and 15 minutes nonstop. <laughs> yes, we take it off the shirt. Yes, okay, and that was great. <laughs> um, I still think that I'm dealing with the repercussions of those choices because, I mean, just because it was my first big decision doesn't mean that it was necessarily the best decision. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, like, what I, one thing that I had to really learn about, like, the choices you make from this year specifically is um, they don't have to be great. You know, I mean, I don't have to feel like I've made the right decision just for me to, like, um, live, you know? The only thing, mm-hmm. the only thing that keeps me any, that gives me any sort of solace, to be honest, is the fact that I know that this was my decision. And I know, yeah. like, I can't even sit here and convince myself that, oh, had I made other choices, I would have been better off. Like, that isn't even worth it to me. Um, and that's like, a, I just, I, that's a lovely feeling for me. I cannot lie. Like, that is the best thing to feel ever. Because I remember every other time that I'd consulted somebody else on my decisions or taken on somebody else's um, views about what I should be doing, I was never happy. Like, I was... Like, when things went sideways, I was never okay with it. Whereas now, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, if it doesn't work out, well, I guess that was nice. I guess we'll try something else, you know? <laughs> um, and that's been, like, fucking amazing for me. But a- It's lovely to hear, like, your story of, like, feeling liberated in this choice. <laughs> I wasn't for many months, let me tell you that. Oh, my God, there was wailing cries involved okay there was evenings of absolute terror and just bullshit but it it was really worth it i think at the end of the day you know even right now i if i'm being honest things have not turned out the way i wanted it to quite literally the opposite but at the same time like i've had all these other experiences and i've i've been able i've opened myself up to this entire life i would have never lived had i never made this choice you know, and I, I look back and all I can see during this year is what I truly remember. Like when the bad times come and I, I'm feeling shitty, when I'm PMSing and I'm remembering <laughs> everything terrible that I ever did. Of course, like I can look back at this year and think, no, it wasn't a great year. But like when I'm like this, when I'm in my natural, normal state of, of you know, no in, uh, emotional intensity uh, or chemically induced uh, intensity, um, mm-hmm. I can look all I see for this entire year where I've made my own choices and I've done my own things and I've dealt with my own bullshit is, mm-hmm. you know, love. Like, and I, I hate to be corny, but it's been a year full of people <laughs> loving me and helping me and, you know, affirming who I am and what I'm trying to do or just being um, like, hey, your existence as it is, is valuable and valid and worthy. You don't have to do anything else for you to be here. Mm-hmm. And it's just been like, I would have never known this emotion had I decided to, you know, pack up and go. Or I would have known this emotion perhaps much later on in life. And mm-hmm. yes, it's great. No, it's great. Make your own decisions. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> what about you, Teddy? Uh, Teddy? Yeah. Well, like, it's quite weird because like an independent decision i mean i'm complete agency and no it's also weird because i studied advertising so all i know is like all the ways in which people are i guess compelled by society or culture or their peers to the decisions 
for you. Like, yeah, you do what your parents tell you. You do what your peers tell you. do. What the television tells you is the right way. Your institution tells you. And yeah. I mean, some of these decisions are not bad decisions. Like some of the 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 little hints you get on what to do, because it's like from like how do you, how do you say like years of this kind of decision working out. Yeah. You I can talk to my parents about a decision I'm going to make. Yeah. And acquire the knowledge of, to make the right decision for me yeah. so that I can yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I'll just end up dying my hair every fucking year hoping <laughs> <laughs> hoping and praying that it I will look just time. like Kelly Rowland. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean I think that I'm kind of glad I've never been a decision maker, but I'm really, I'm kind of glad that I've had people around me that have influenced me to good decisions because the Mm -hmm. ones that I have made by myself, I think haven't, wouldn't have been very, for example, I mean, um, Nora, you talk about like your uh, parents and them asking, with them to Somalia and, and return home and everything like that and how you've learned so much from this the same situation in which I wanted to go back to Namibia completely like I wanted to go right back yeah. and not Tanzania, not stay in Dar es Salaam just go back to a job that was being offered by an agency yeah. and my parents just said they're not going to give you a contract they are not going to pay for your visa they're not going to be along the way. All you're gonna get is money, and in that air, in that space, like that money's not enough for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't get that in my head. I think I was like very much like, no, I can do it, and I, I just need to stay, and I just need to go and really work hard. And they were like, yeah. no. How old were you? How old were you I when was this just decision? Finishing. I was like 23 or yeah, 23, 24, or whatever. But yeah, this came to my thing, and then I decided, not decided, but yeah, basically I decided that I'm going to stay home. I'm going to send them an email and say, thank you for the job opportunity, but I'm going to pass. And it was a lot of money, like for someone who's 23, like seeing that amount of digits, you're like, oh my God, the things I can do. <laughs> yeah. You know? But I think if I had gone that direction, a whole lot of stuff could have happened. Like I could have had experiences new I had. Yeah. has mm-hmm. right now you know yeah. I, I can never know what that decision would have been you know with this one I've ended up in a really good place I've ended up with really great friends and we're on a podcast I've yeah. ended up like in Beijing <laughs> I've ended up in you know so yeah. it's kind of like some decisions influence are not completely bad I think that I own all the decisions I made and them by myself independently mm. because I I resolved to acquiring the knowledge and comparing the alternatives. Yeah. And yeah, and I felt that was successful. No, that's, that's true. And decision. You know? I think it also like it's a testament to like the fact that your parents listen to you or like take your into account, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, I think that really, like, you know, like, 
I don't know. Do you ever feel like you were stifled as a child to like continuously? Maybe it's because for me, particularly, I'm from, from such a conservative background mm-hmm. that nothing like you weren't allowed to make any decisions. So like now it's reaching a point where that's all I want to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, but, <laughs> did you yeah. ever feel that when you were younger or did you feel like, hey, like, your parents somehow listened to you or at least you had agency from a very young age and you were able to I like think, exercise it yeah my parents literally had me free like free and do what i wanted as long as my grades were good and i was yeah trying to maintain them and do better there was never a thing you're ne- you have to come home now or this and this and this or yeah but it was it was necessary to keep me didn't be able to make my own decisions but still I'm a kid so you know yeah. I can't exactly have change even in university I made some really dumb decisions like as a kid I there was a point I didn't pay for my visa getting deported like that just you know <laughs> oh, someone wow. just gives you money and is like here you go you go okay. what this <laughs> do you are you hearing me read my lips and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you just make really, you make childish uh, mistakes and you yeah. learn from them. And it's important, mm-hmm. but I think parents try to, not, for me, not style, really try to like cushion the blows the of life yeah. that they have had. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a huge be stifling because you're like, can you just let me feel the pain a little bit? <laughs> and then you feel it, and then you're like, yeah, you're right. I see. <laughs> that's it's yeah. it's interesting. It's interesting how like you've both like Nura, you've pointed out something really cool that like the way you grew up and the environment you grew up mm. in really influences the way you make decisions. Yeah. I, I think for me, I'm very much anti people. I I rarely ask people for, like to to um tune into my decisions yeah. or to like help me with my decisions. Mainly because I I always feel like if I can't make this decision, I feel like an idiot <laughs> and exposing myself to. So I feel like immature yeah. and exposing myself to other people asking for help. <laughs> Actually, it's very difficult yeah. for me. Like, I am the least likely to pick up a phone and, like, ask someone for advice. Yeah. And I'm realizing it's because my mom, love her to bits, is the type of person who, as soon as she discovers your life, might just want to tell you how to live yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she will straight up give you advice on, like, something you haven't asked for. Like, for me, it's mainly, like, career advice, yeah. which is something I have been very open with her but then now I'm more closed off but when I was she would kind of like write out all my choices for me only for me to realize that I have other choices like she would tell me the only choice I have is to like work at an architecture firm or work at fucking national housing or like fucking work with my uncle or like fucking do all these things and I'm like or I could work at Nafasi art space yeah and fucking become an artist and she's like yeah no that's not one of your choices and i'm like but it is you know you don't realize it but i do but like Mm. yeah i guess that's given me personally a lot of anxiety around making choices but also involving other people in my decisions Mm. i think one more thing Um, i want to point out sorry arafa 
just in terms of our parents mm-hmm. is that we're living in very different worlds. And I think that's um, because we are honestly children of the internet um, mm. and we are children of um, like we, the world. For it sounds like a wider. weird king novel, children of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're coming um, to kill you we're coming to kill you <laughs> but no it's like um, yeah I feel like for my, in particular from my family from my parents because life was so hard and with the whole you know uh, country falling apart thing that <laughs> they are more likely to make the most safest choices and I realized um. that they are likely to make the choices that help them survive. And when you've been hardwired to do that for so long, to make prudent choices instead of, I hate to say it, aspirational choices, choices that are, you know, more fun, more exciting, you know, um, it's hard for them to see life that way because of how they've been, they've conditioned themselves to live life or how, what life has shown them during their time. And it's the history they've lived through you know, they're, they're children of the people that um, enjoyed the independence, you know, or like right fresh mm-hmm. off, of in, in, you know, of our countries getting independent. I, I was reading this thing, um, Chimamanda, Chimamanda had written, um, she wrote the foreword to Chinua Achebe's, um, uh, his, his, his trilogy of books, right? His, those three books. Um, so mm-hmm. she wrote the foreword for the condensed version. So And she goes like, um, all the stories he was telling, um, it was like my father when he, when how he had to live through a new, newly independent world, or how my great grandfather had to live through uh, colonization, and how those things inform us and and how we view the world, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and essentially that's what we are as well right now. We can look at them as people who have lived through that time and why they make the choices they make and and see you know, why they don't see the world the way that we do. Because we can have all these aspirations, all these beliefs and say, hey, I can live a... <laughs> I don't have to fucking get married <laughs> for me to enjoy my life. I don't have to work this dead-end job, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I think, yeah, our, our choices are not as stifled as theirs, unfortunately for us, you know? And the only way to make a concession is to like be like, yeah, I understand why you see the world the way you do but I know this choice is not something that you can even see. It's not realistic for you, but it is for me. I love how, like, this conversation has evolved into, like, much more than I thought it would be. <laughs> um, and thank you guys for sharing your honest selves. Huh? Yeah. Um, just because we've, like, um, we've, we ran out of time 20 minutes yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, um, I think... I'm going to try and like kind of round this yeah. up. What I had had prepared was kind of like how some some tips on better decision making yeah. or helping you making decisions. Like I found some tips yeah. from this website called um, MindfulLivingCounselingServices.com. dot com. Sounds legit. I, they sound re- they sound reliable as fuck. But um, out of all the kind of business orientated decision making articles, I thought this was a really like comforting um, list of tips. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, guys, please chime in when you when you want to, if any of these things resonate with you. So step one, 
breathe and ground yourself. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're faced with a giant decision. Mm-hmm. Sit down and like accept that this is about to take you through the loop. Like if it's a big decision, if it's a tiny decision, like it's up to you. Like sometimes for me, deciding what to wear is a giant decision yeah. and could like have me anxious for an, a whole hour for no fucking reason, just because I can't decide. Mm-hmm. And I've realized in those moments, in that very stupid, tiny moment, I do have to like get myself into a good space before I can make such a decision. Right. Um, the second step is to be curious um sometimes writing it down could be good or like just like taking your mind through a process of like all the options you have mm-hmm. exploring them um exploring what's at the end of each journey so if you have two decision if it's a yes what will the yes bring you like allow yourself to consider the happiness in it the optimism in it allow yourself to be negative about it just like be realistic about the decision and then also consider the other decision and allow yourself to feel the happiness in that the negativity in that like don't just look at what could go wrong yeah but also look at like what could go right maybe this one gives you money maybe the other one gives you more money but at the end of the day you're still getting money from both of them yeah so like weigh those two options yeah um jump in if you guys want um step three validate your curiosity um every like validate every single part of yourself that wants to live in every single reality you're imagining yourself in it's okay to make one decision it's also okay to make the other decision so like it's kind of like patting yourself in the back for acknowledging that you got a set of great choices in front of you or terrible choices right um step the next one (laughs) make a choice unfortunately um and then i think this step may be easier once you've validated all the parts of yourself that are split making a choice you know then you can like unemotionally or like with less emotion weigh out the options because you've seen both the negative and parts uh negative and positive parts of them yeah and finally, be kind for yourself. Yeah. To yourself. Very true. <laughs> you know, if it's a bad, it's a hard decision you've made, like then uh, gift yourself afterwards. Actually, tell yourself like you've made you've done something difficult. There's actually a part of like um, anxiety where it's called decision anxiety, and it's a real thing, and it does induce anxiety. And if you're someone who has like an anxiety disorder. It is a legitimate part of your mental health illness. And you do have to like be good to yourself after you've gone through something like that. It's a hurdle that you've gone through. So fucking give yourself a lollipop. So big facts. Yeah. I am I am <laughs> yes. a huge fan of treat yourself. Um, <laughs> treat yourself. <laughs> you've got that dress on. You got that outfit at the end of the day. Yes, Go. Treat yourself. Show everyone what you fucking look like. You deserve to be applauded. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. I agree with all of those things. Same and here. Another thing that really helps me um, make decisions is uh, to like do an activity that helps me get get it out of my head completely. Um, mm. So whether that be. <clears throat> 
at prior times, whether that be smoking up a little bit and like <laughs> watching some dumb stuff, you know, or hanging out with my friends or any real activity that takes me out that gets me moving um, and that I'm able to honestly trust myself to not think about this thing while I'm doing it. Always like, because then you come back to it with a fresh mind um, and with relatively a small, a, a, a clearer outlook, I think. That's that's how it works for me, at least. Decision making, like I said, involves like a decision and comparing the pros and cons. So everybody has a different way of doing this. Some think of mm-hmm. that would their mom or dad do, you know, or someone that they respect, what would they do? Or mm-hmm. maybe some people don't even make this part of uh, it's still a decision. Like deciding not to mm-hmm. do anything is still a decision. So maybe that about it and um but most importantly like don't make a decision quickly without like bothering to get an information about what you're doing i think it's mm-hmm. it's pretty important to always be informed be informed, be informed about your decision yeah that's the being curious back. part yeah. explore every angle yeah. in all its parts yeah. um but yeah all right um, I think we're with that we're going to end the segment, guys. Yes. Thank you, uh, Nir and Teddy, for being honest. Here, yeah, um, <laughs> I really appreciate it. Uh, and see everyone else back in the final segment. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Welcome back to our final segment where we shout out some really dope creatives that also happen to be black and African and from our continent. So, um, Arafa, who do you have for us this week? Um, so today I have Maya's Glow. Um, Maya's a friend of mine I met in Nairobi uh, before I came to Khalifi and I didn't know her for very long but um, I didn't I didn't get to interact with her for very long but I remember her talking to me about how she was starting this beauty page and a YouTube page um, just sharing her makeup tips and um, different techniques of applying makeup I'm not a makeup person per se mm-hmm. but I'm just extremely inspired by her journey since literally January until now her page is beautiful her content content is gorgeous she herself is lovely like she talks so calmly and the makeup tips specifically not even like just makeup but also skincare tips that she gives are really good and very helpful she features some like black owned brands and some more available brands that you can find in Nairobi and probably Dar es Salaam and like literally anywhere in East Africa oh. more easily as opposed to like featuring like brands from abroad and shit. Oh and she's just starting out. So I would love for you guys to support her. I went to her, her page. page. She's so gorgeous. Oh <laughs> my gosh, to... she's gorgeous. It's cute, huh? She's gorgeous. gorgeous. A beautiful babe and really, really lovely soul as well. Um, so her page on Instagram is called at Maya Mwoka and her page on YouTube, I believe is called Maya's Glow. Everything will be in our, in the episode notes. So check her out. Yeah. Glorious. Glorious. 
All right. Um, so for this week, my shoutouts. My shoutouts goes to um, not necessarily a creative, um, but he, the person who runs this page um, is a kind of, I guess, I guess a mutual now on Twitter. I don't know his real name because that's how Twitter works. But <laughs> he runs <laughs> he runs a page called Waberi iPhone. So uh, Waberi in Somali means dawn. And um, so what they are is they're just archiving all Somali art in whatever form it comes in. Um, so because oh, wow. it's amazing. So because um, because of the civil war and everything that went down, you know, civil unrest and whatnot for all those years, um, people were not obviously making a lot of music and they're not making a lot of art uh, and especially not in, in inside the country. So, but prior to that, you know, Somalia has a really hi- rich history of, uh, poets and and poetry that made itself into music and mm. very rich history. So what they're doing is um, they are archiving all of that and they've made it so where every now and then they'll uh, they have playlists on SoundCloud and mm. uh, very well curated. Um, their illustrations are beautiful. The way they just they they bring everything together and what he does is. Um, because they also like Somalis are really trying to preserve the language because there's not a lot of us out there and uh, not a lot of us live in, in, in Somalia. So uh, what's happened is that the language is being slowly lost. Um, so there's a lot of uh, language preservation in there where he takes really old, beautiful music, beautiful poetry, and then translates it into English for people and then keeps the Somali lyrics as well just so you can go back and forth and learn. So yeah, we're very iPhone. Um, and that's how they are on SoundCloud and on Twitter and Instagram. All of this, as with everything else, will be in the show notes below. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Nina. Yeah, really cool. Okay, so um, lastly, we just want guys aware that Valerie um, Amani is still fundraising for her education. Um, if you've been listening, or if you've been following on social media, her she's recently posted um, what she's been up to and what's been happening. Doing a really great job, but she still will require a bit more for accommodation. As you know, things can be pretty tough. So um, please keep donating. Please go to the GoFundMe, um, get Valerie to Oxford, and visit her um, website, uh, ValerieAmani.com, or follow her on um, instagram we'll with you yes all right then <laughs> all right uh thank you guys um thank you all for listening and we keep forgetting to do our like sign out signature <laughs> but y'all can email us <laughs> the chai podcast at gmail.com yes. if you have any thoughts <laughs> if you have any thoughts on this episode or previous episode or if you just want to say hello mm. um follow us on all our pages at the chai podcast subscribe 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 and or if you want to be on the yeah. show <laughs> or if you want to be on the show you could also reach out to us with some cool dms um episode ideas yeah, yeah. we'd love to hear what you guys have to say um and yeah, I guess that's the Chai Podcast out. Bye. Bye. <laughs>